All right. Hello, everyone. How's it going? And welcome to the third episode of the Carson and Justin Golf Podcast. We're here on a very blustery evening here tonight in Fort Wayne, Indiana. A lot of schools have closed. We've got record temperatures, record low temperatures coming through the Midwest area. And Canterbury School, believe it or not, has actually closed for tomorrow. So that's a, that's a big shocker. Uh, school, including every college in the northern part of Indiana, has closed. So this is this is quite the event occurring here. But we're here with you all to, to discuss some golf. So we're very excited. And um, we've got a long list of, uh, of events to discuss with you. And a lot of things, Justin, you know, have happened this past week in the game of golf. Definitely. Um, so we're going to... We're going to take all the listeners through uh, through a lot of different a uh, lot of different topics from the uh, you know the PJ Tour, the Farmers Insurance Open that uh, occurred this past week. We're going to discuss our thoughts on that, and then uh, go into a little bit of a preview for the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open um, that's going to occur this next week. And Justin and I are also going to discuss some of the golf that we have actually played over the last week. We played some indoor golf, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. Some pretty exciting stuff there. And then we'll also give you the golf quote of the week as well as our featured golf course of the week to sort of help expand your uh, your knowledge and your understanding in the game of golf. So, Justin, I'll turn it over to you right away here. And to get us started with some of the questions that our great listeners have provided us with over this past week, you know, we've had great support um, over our first two episodes. Um, and we really appreciate everyone uh submitting all their questions but we have selected the uh the top two and justin you want to start us off here with the first yeah we we got a question from someone right here in fort wayne indiana with us uh it's it's actually about fishing on the golf course uh it's a big fish enthusiast fishing enthusiast and he's uh wondering uh what we would do if we saw somebody fishing on the golf course if that's allowed and if we've ever actually experienced that seen someone fishing on the golf course and oddly enough i mean i've seen several people fishing on the golf course um i'm pretty sure most of them have signs that says no fishing like no walking dogs no like bicycling on the on the cart path and stuff and um i guess some people uh, go against that maybe when golf isn't as in session as much uh right now you'd probably have to ice fish uh <laughs> it, pr- it probably wouldn't be the easiest to, to go fishing right now but but yeah I mean I, I I wouldn't say anything I'd maybe just talk to them just for fun I wouldn't like tell them to stop fishing or anything but but I know a lot of golf courses prohibit that but I know a lot of people still like those ponds there's some very lucrative ponds out there so oh there are definitely <laughs> you know you get you get all the cricks you know out there at Chestnut Hills or even some of the other golf courses um you know the, the great big ponds and a lot of them happen to be you know at private golf courses you know the great big ponds that you see um you know golf courses like orchard ridge or sycamore hills um and every once in a while you will see you know i've seen it at orchard you know you'll see a member out there you know just you know getting a few casts <laughs> out into the pond but but no justin I, you know that's a very good question there by, by our listener you know i think it, it, it's something that that you at least see you know three or four times a summer definitely you know, somebody out there you know I've seen it at Chestnut Hills numerous times. Um, and, you know, I think there's a fine line in between it becoming disruptive and dangerous and actually a fun, you know, sort of um, sort of event for someone to, to participate in. And, and I think that fine line is where the, the person is actually fishing from. 
if they're fishing from the side of the, the golf course where the fairway's at, or they are in any danger whatsoever of getting hit by the ball, uh, that's when it, I, I, I get a little bit irritated, you know, when, yeah. when they're in the way. Um, when you can see them visually when you're lining up to the ball, that's a little bit disappointing and, and frustrating. Um, you know, that's one of those things I'd suggest, you know, take advantage of the great ponds and, and cricks, but do it after hours. Make sure, <laughs> you know, the golfers are off the golf course and, and then you can go out there in the evening yeah. you know, or morning and enjoy it. But, but you know, you know, like I said, great question, but, um, you know, be safe out there if you're <laughs> going to be fishing on the golf course. you don't want to get hit by any uh, unsuspecting golf balls and then right and that, that's why if you're going to fish fish on the other side of the pond Where there's no chance um, of getting hit exactly exactly that is the final kind of like on the back side of the pond on 18 at chestnut you know where the trail cuts in but between 18 and 17 right no one's going to hit you right there if you're casting in into the pond but if you're exactly. off the side of 18 fairway you're going to get nailed so <laughs> so exactly so justin our final question here comes in from Bluffton, Indiana. And this particular viewer has asked us, um, here's, the, here's, the exact, uh, here's the exact question. So my question has to do with the Omega Dubai Desert Classic tournament last week. Why did the caddy violate the new rule about standing behind a golfer as the golfer was playing a shot? Was the caddy completely unaware of the rules? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw a clip of that. Um... And it looked a little interesting. It didn't look like it would benefit the golfer really in any way. I think they were just unaware of the rules. I don't know if it was the caddy was unaware. Uh, both of them were unaware. I don't, I don't really know exactly. But that's kind of unfortunate that that cost that guy a third-place finish and moved him down to a 12th just because his caddy was, was behind him when he addressed the ball and then moved away a second after. So I agree. You know, it was very disappoint- disappointing. It, it cost Haltung Lee – a hundred thousand euros. Ooh. So that fall from third to twelfth, a hundred thousand euros. That equates just into about a hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, if my math is is correct there, um, which is a very costly um, penalty for him. Um, and you know, a lot of points come with that as well. You know, for the, mm-hmm. the race for the um, you know in the European Tour, race to, to uh, Dubai at the at the very end of the year. Um, you know, ironically, back in Dubai, but the tournament's back in Dubai at the end of the yeah. year. But that that those points, uh, it's very competitive in the European Tour, as you know. Um, and ev- every single point matters. And, and who knows? That could cost him because he is a very solid player. That could cost him at the end of the year. Definitely. I mean, only time will tell. Uh, if if I was a player and if I knew my caddy knew that rule, I don't know if I'd be having him caddy for, for me again right. if we weren't super close already. Um, if he if he didn't, I mean, if he didn't know the rule, then that's also another problem. Right. You know, you know, going back to the question, you know, it's all about the intention. I, I honestly think that there were, there wasn't really any intention to, to you know, violate the, to blatantly violate the mm-hmm. rule. Definitely I think not. it, I think it was complete, you know, it was completely unaware of the rule because some of these rules are very complicated. And for many years, caddies were allowed to line up the players. Um, and I just, I think it was just a misunderstanding and, and a confusion. Yeah, I don't even know if he lined him up. I don't know if he was just reading the putt and then the player stepped in before he was like, before he thought he would, or if he actually was lining him up. If he actually lined him up, then I guess I get the penalty because that, I mean, it, it violates the rule change. Um, like, it, you could, if anybody lines someone up, like if a caddy lines any player up, that'd be a penalty at any time. 
So if that was actually the case, then I guess it makes a little more sense, but still not enough to cost the guy 150,000 us dollars. Right. Right. I can, I completely agree. So Justin, you know, talking, discussing a little bit there about the, uh, the European tour. Now let's move over to the PGA tour. So a great tournament, traditionally always fantastic tournament in California, the farmer's insurance open at Torrey Pines. What were your thoughts, Justin, on the tournament this past weekend? Yeah, very low scores for Torrey Pines because I'm pretty sure that's a U.S. Open course. And it is, you see yeah. Some, you see 19 under not even win the tournament. So, yeah, I mean, John Rahm, 10 under the first day. There were a bunch of people real close to close to 10 under also. And then Justin Rose finishing it off at 21 under. So I thought some great golf was played. Uh, all the superstars were at the top uh, for the most part. Tiger did really well in his debut. Uh, it was it was it was very fun to watch. The course was in great condition, and saw how penalizing the rough was uh, and playing at sixty or seventy six hundred yards. Excuse me, <laughs> uh, big difference right. there between sixty seven hundred and seventy six. Um, so, so just to let our viewers know, the the first two days they played the north course and the south course. They kind of alternated in between the two, and then there was a cut after two days, like there traditionally is, and. Um, Everybody then went over to the South course, which is the, the U S open course as uh, Justin alluded to there. And, you know, Justin, what I found shocking was um, the cut was at a uh, minus three. Wow. So 300, 300 par was the cut. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a huge disparity between the cut being three under and the winner actually ended up being maybe 20 or minus 21 uh, <laughs> yeah. with, with Justin Rose. So, um, you know that that really shows that that, that Rose played some excellent golf definitely this, this week to, to really pull away from from the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean he had to be great all four days to get to twenty one under on that course. Got to be very disciplined. You got to hit the fairways, hit the greens, and roll in a bunch of putts to get to twenty one on seventy two holes on one of the toughest courses there is. So, right. And- I mean, you see tournaments sometimes where everyone, you know, in the top 30 has a chance coming down the last day, you know, depending on what they shoot. It was not that type of tournament. Justin Rose, um, despite getting off the rough start on Sunday, he was able to really mentally plow through and, and, and pull off pull off the victory. Um, you know, Justin, it was, it was kind of disappointing on the last hole. You know, how exciting is that part? I mean, that par five is so hmm. exciting. And it really didn't come down to the last hole. And, and that, that was, I mean, it did a little bit, mm-hmm. but Scott blew it right off the bat when he, when he hit the ball into the, into the bunker and had to yeah. lay up. Um, and then Rose stuck it in there tight. So the excitement that you traditionally see on that last hole with many players having a chance um, didn't really happen this time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That was rare. Yeah, I mean, Adam Scott really gave it a, a really good run. He just got on a run a little too late, birdieing the last four. So he, he played he played great all day. He almost got a hole in one on that one par four, or not par four, par three, excuse me, and then and then four consecutive birdies to finish it off. So uh, he he played good enough golf to end up winning the tournament. But Justin Rose uh, held his own after starting two over through I believe five or six or something. And uh, right, and really played some great golf on the way, and so you got to credit him. He had to dig deep, and even on that last hole, that last wedge shot, he knows if he chunks it in the water, like he might <laughs> lose. So you got to hit it pure, and uh, that's easier said than done with millions of people watching you. And he stuck it to right. feet. So, 
So, um, I mean, how would you feel purting the last four holes and still coming up short? I mean, Scott really did leave everything on the table, and that was great to see um, for a player who, who's really struggled, who hasn't really won in three years. Yeah. He's um, former world number one, Masters champion. Right. He, he, I mean, he can flat out play. He really <laughs> yeah. Can. He's got like the best <laughs> swing on tour, many people say, along Definitely. with Justin Rose. Very true. You know, Justin, a couple of things I, I want to sort of dive a little bit deeper into, you know, that we can take away from this tournament. You know, John Rahm starting off so well at 10 under par. What do you think the, 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 the difference is between him walking away with the trophy in this tournament and, you know, having the disappointing performance over the weekend that he had? What's the difference for him? Did he play the south or north course for the 10 under? The 10 under, I believe he did play the north course okay. to start off. Well, I mean, my first my first inclination there would be that he liked the north course a lot more because <laughs> he didn't do super well on the, on the south course any any of the other days. Um, but also, I feel like he had high expectations after shooting 10 under. And you're like, all right, I just shot 10 under. I should be able to at least go 5 under and, like, tear the rest of the course apart. But but it just didn't happen that way. And it'd make a lot of sense if the 10 under was on a different course. And then the next three days were on a, a different course. So I feel like that would probably be the biggest factor, but uh, I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't play amazing. He played very well the last three days, but he didn't, he didn't play amazing. Uh, he had, he had a shot Sunday, but he kind of just started falling apart. Um, getting frustrated with his swing. I mean, he, he's going to be in contention in the majors this year, in many tournaments. He's going to get, he's going to get a couple wins too. So, but uh, right. I, I feel like, the transition, of course, is what caused that to happen. Right. You know, that's a very good point there. You know, my one sort of constructive criticism for John Rahm would be his attitude. I think I think he really needs to start playing a lot with a lot less emotion. I think his, his anger, it gets to him and it, it really throws him off and, and can lead to that domino effect. Um, where he makes a bogey and then really struggles to come out of that little anger rut for about three to four holes. And those three to four holes can be very crucial in, in uh, you know, deciding the, the end result of the tournament. So I think, you know, he needs to really just improve on his, his overall mental game. And I think that will serve him well because he, he definitely does have a lot of talent, you know, yeah, as, I, as, as Justin alluded to there. I think he's well on his way to, to – mastering his mind more so than he has right now he's still only 24 and he's got a lot of time like justin rose and adam scott are both uh both high 30s i believe and that's who he's playing with the final day so they have 14 15 years more experience than him so i, be- I believe john rom will will keep evolving as a golfer as as the years go on definitely definitely so justin now let's now let's go over to to talk a little bit about tiger you know both both of us real big fans of Tiger Woods and uh you know I you know you said before the week even started you said Tiger's gonna he's not gonna win but he's gonna have a very solid week and he's gonna finish 21st I believe isn't (laughs) that what you said Justin yeah I think we said like top 20 and then we were on 20 and then I was like not 21st but yeah and he he ended up tied for 20th so (laughs) you're basically right on there so that that was a great prediction there um, yeah. Justin and, and he really rallied that last day to get to minus 10 shooting minus five on the on the final round yeah uh, minus five on the last nine holes I believe right exactly yeah. and so I, I it didn't look like he was going to get 20 or 21st uh, at all with nine holes left but then he, he really rallied even with a three putt on that side too heck if he made that eagle putt he could have been 
he could have been seven under on that side. Right. So, so yeah, he, he played amazing. I think he's very happy with his performance. I honestly don't think he expected to win that tournament. I think he was just looking to get back into the flow of things, make the cut and have a solid finish and just get better each day. Like he said, he did. Um, I think he's going to be right there in all of the majors. Honestly, he, he's, he's looking, he's looking fire right now. <laughs> so, yeah, he is. I, but, I think he's going to at least get one. I really do. I, I think this is going to be his year to, you know, he got his 80th tour win last year. Um, and, and I think this is going to be the year he's going to finally capitalize. I think his best chances are the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, We'll have a lot more podcasts where we can talk about, um, you know, all the majors and the preview of the majors and everything. But I think his best chances are going to be the Masters and the uh, Open Championship. I think those two venues set up really well for Tiger Woods. Definitely. I mean, isn't uh, U.S. Open at Pebble Beach this year? Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, he's won there, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he <laughs> everywhere he goes, it feels like home for him. So I, I think he'll be right there. And honestly, all four of them, I don't think he's going to win all four of them, obviously. But I think he's going to, like, have a chance on the weekend to make a run in, in any of them. And he'll probably win one. You know, Justin, what I find really disappointing is Tiger scheduling this year. Um, you know, a tournament like this, you know, the farmer's insurance where he finishes really strong. I feel he's, he's got his game in a really fine spot to contend. And then he's going to take a couple weeks off and then come back in LA for the Genesis open. I think this is a time where Tiger should be playing the waste management. He should be playing the AT&T Pebble Beach program the week after, and maybe take the Genesis off. I know he has sponsors, you know, type of, um, his sponsor sort of brings him into the Genesis. Yeah. So that's why he, he plays that event. He has some ties to that tournament, but yeah. um, I, I think this, this would be a great tournament this next week here at the waste management Phoenix open to see him, you know, play uh, because he's had great success there in the past. Oh, Oh, definitely. Um, obviously the, the infamous hole in one, which is probably the most famous shot in golf, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's very famous. Yeah. yeah um, like I, I don't, I can't imagine not wanting to play the waste management tournament after he just made five birdies on the last nine holes he played um, on a very tough golf course. He he got on fire right there, and I think he would have a top five finish if he played waste management with how he's swinging and putting right now. So I mean, I guess I guess he doesn't see it that way. I guess he just wants to play the Genesis, take some time off, get mentally stronger. Uh, it just it'd be really exciting to see him play the waste management, but. But it is what it is, and I think Tiger Tiger knows better than us, probably. He does. He never underestimate the, uh, the thoughts of uh, Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, eighty PGA Tour wins, so uh, we'll let him make his own decisions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, you know, Justin, I sort of wanted to to let our viewers or listeners sort of understand, you know, to sort of illustrate to them about. The last four holes uh, and, and how crucial they are for this tournament, you know, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, I'll sort of start off here with a couple of them, and then uh, I'll let you sort of sort of take on on some of the rest. I've actually gotten the uh, opportunity to play this golf course. Wow. Um, I played it probably about five years ago with the stadium up um, on hole 16. So that was an absolutely special experience. Wow. Um, and sort of leaves me with a little bit, you know, a different perspective than what I have when watching on TV. Um, and really respect how difficult of a golf course it is. Uh, but also the, the, the risk reward that, that's in. 
take I'll take hole fifteen. You know, starting off right right off the bat here, um, hole fifteen for for all the listeners. It's a par five, reachable in two. There's water down the left hand side. The right's just rough, and you'll see a lot of players actually knock into that water off the tee, um, and, and that screws you up on the whole hole. I mean, you're <laughs> playing from behind right off the bat if you if you miss your tee shot left. Um, and for some reason, it's a very popular spot to, to hit the ball. Um, the second shot, a lot of players, especially the longer hitters, will go for the green in two. And it is an island type of green. Uh, water in front, water around behind, couple guarded by a couple bunkers. you got to be really accurate with your long iron or wood coming into that green. Um, and it can lead to some eagles. You've seen Phil Mickelson eagle that hole before. Uh, but you've also seen, you know, leaders of the of the golf tournament coming down the stretch on the final round and losing the golf tournament on that hole by making a big number uh for trying to go for the green um that that hole justin i mean it can be the difference between a three and a seven mm-hmm. um and it can decide the whole tournament yeah definitely it's going to be exciting to watch especially if everybody's like there's a big big pile of contenders coming down sunday and saturday really uh that hole, that hole is going to be crucial. Uh, there could be, really, as much as like a five shot swing, a five shot swing on it. That's unlikely, but but it's definitely possible. Um, it's it's a, it's a very tough hole, but at the same time, it can be a pretty easy hole if you just just execute and you'll ha- you have a look at eagle. But also, you could put in the water, then go for it and put in the water again, and then <laughs> and then your hands and knees are starting to shake, and right. <laughs> and then who knows right. what you're going to make at that point. So, um, yeah, very fun hole, and then. Yeah, and then you got the the infamous Tiger hole in one hole right after that. So exactly, a lot of adrenaline coming down the stretch. And that walking, you know, Justin, to have you know, I've got an opportunity to actually walk under that stadium and kind of the winding walk that gets you up to that tee, even without anybody in the stands. It's exciting. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it, I bet. It, it's you know, you feel you feel the pressure, and <laughs> you get up there, and you can see you know, all the stands surrounding you. I mean, you, you can't see anything else. You know, really, if you take away the stands, it's an easy golf hole. <laughs> if you take away the crowd, it's an easy golf hole. It's 120 to like 140 yards, just guarded by bunkers, a little bit of collection areas around the green. Uh, but when I played, I hit it to like 15 feet, almost made birdie oh, nice. with a pitching wedge. It's, it, it, it's not that difficult a hole, of a hole, but arguably it's one of the greatest holes in golf just because – of the of of the environment that it that it creates. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a and like with it being that easy, it almost makes it more fun because you get to see a lot closer shots with all the people around, more cheering, and uh, and yeah, that, that, with thousands of people staring at you hit a golf ball. I mean, I think there's enough pressure, especially if it's Sunday, <laughs> Sunday uh, coming down, coming down the last three holes there, and if you're in contention, so. Um, yeah, the holes the holes fairly easy, but the the atmosphere kind of kind of the the easiness of the hole with the atmosphere is perfect. I think it's a perfect combination for excitement and pressure. Definitely, definitely. You know, you see you even see guys you know, stick it close, or even there was a hole in one a couple of years ago. The fans will chuck their beers out onto the <laughs> onto the hole. Oh. I mean, it was incredible. One, I, I I believe it was actually two years ago. I mean, I, Justin, there had to be 300 bottles of beer that were uh, thrown out onto the hole. Geez. I mean, it was unbelievable. I don't know how much the PGA Tour liked that. but <laughs> Oh, they, they probably didn't. But, you know, <laughs> Justin, that kind of brings up an interesting question that, that I've always wanted to, 
sort of dive deeper into. And that is what if, you know, what if we had that sort of environment at every, at every tour event, at every tournament, at every, you know, even like a high school match, you bring out a crowd around a par three, for example, like the 14th hole at Chestnut, you have them surround the green, surround the tee box and just yell the whole time, whatever they want and just make it just a raucous, crazy environment. I think that would bring more excitement and more people into the game of golf. If you see, uh, if they saw this, you know, becoming a, a trend where it's just like one hole, one par three, and then the rest is just like typical golf, but just one, one, one place where everyone can, can go and just yell whatever they yeah. want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the high school matches are going to have quite a few less spectators, but if you get 20 people around a green back there and then just like yelling stuff when the ball goes up, or I mean, maybe even before the ball goes up, that definitely, definitely bring excitement to the match, to the whole, uh, to the golfing, programs for the schools if they all knew about that especially if someone got like a hole in one on it right so so, uh yeah it's definitely uh, definitely a possibility especially with other sports like football and basketball where people are yelling the whole time and those are probably the most famous sports uh currently amongst uh amongst like high schoolers and uh right so yeah it definitely could be something golf could evolve into Mm -hmm. and i i think justin that would bring players or not players, spectators, you know, who aren't even interested in the game of golf because they could, they could go there and who knows that may spark an interest. Yeah. That may spark an interest. And they be, they may be like, wow, golf is pretty dang cool. I want to go out and pick up a golf club and, and get out onto the golf course and try it out. Um, and, and, you know, that, that would be pretty cool. I, I think it's something that, that the tour should look into to, to maybe sort of develop into it, maybe maybe not you know not every PGA Tour event, but one or two more where you have a hole like that where you take away the quiet police signs and you, and you let them yell and Seven, see what happens. The players, yeah, there you go, <laughs> perfect example. And the crowd does get rowdy there, but they still do hold up the quiet police yeah, signs. Take them away. I think, <laughs> with the water. I take them away. With I the agree. water lurking. I agree. Um, you know, so I, I think that that could be that could be something very interesting. I've, I've wanted to, to do this for years in a high school match. I may even try to get it organized this year to bring a lot of people out to yell on a hole. You know, <laughs> and, and just, I, I think it'd be great. I can, you know, put you in charge of organizing that, Justin, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely see about that when the year comes around. Definitely. Chestnut and uh, get them yelling. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pick out a pick out a hole yeah, so and who, get them all so, excited. So who 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 are you uh, picking to win the waste management open? You know, you know, Justin. Th- this is is it's a solid field this week, but it's not it's not loaded completely. Okay. You know, you're without you're without Tiger Woods, um, and also several of the of the U.S. stars aren't going to be here. They're going to be actually be playing in a uh, tournament in Saudi Arabia. Uh, the likes of uh, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. And uh, Bryson DeChambeau, you know, DeChambeau is looking to win back-to-back tournaments in the Middle East. Wow. Um, and, and Patrick Reed is also playing in that tournament. So they, all those players are gone. They're, they're not even in the States. That takes away a lot of firepower from an event. But still, it is a loaded field um, with, without those guys. You got, you got Matsuyama. You have Rom. You have Woodland. Thomas, Shoffley, Fowler, Simpson, Kucher, Finau, Mickelson. I got a sleeper you know, I, for this event. Who's that sleeper? Okay, I don't know for sure if he's actually playing in it, but based off the Farmers Insurance Open, you know Taylor Gooch? 
Taylor Gooch. Yeah, if he's Taylor playing, because they said he played in his way into this next week, and he's yes, two, he he will be playing. Yeah, two top fours in a row. I was really liking his game. He he had a bad drive on eighteen, still pull it together. I think he actually made birdie on eighteen. Um, maybe maybe just par, but he didn't. He did. Yes, he did make birdie. Yeah. So I I really like him this week. If he if he would if I have to pick a sleeper, he's got a lot of confidence, um, and he's got game. So. Um, so he's someone to look out for if you, you probably haven't heard of him a whole lot yet, but uh, he's someone to look out for, I'd say. You know, Justin, I think that's a fantastic pick. He he seemed, you know, in his post-run interview, he seems really confident and really, you know, motivated to be out there on the tour and, and to have success. I, I, I think that that – it really could be his week. You know, you, you never know. Um, you saw it earlier, you know, at the Desert Classic out in California with uh, Adam Long winning – um, you know, a lot of these players who, who aren't really big, you know, well-known names, you know, going out there and winning. And it's because they believe they believe in their themselves and and they trust their game. Um, but but Justin, you know, my pick, I'm going to have to go with Matt Kuchar. Kuchar okay. is on. He's absolutely on fire. And he he has played, you know, the, the course out there, the, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, TPC Scottsdale, he's played it very well in past years. He's always kind of been around there, you know, top 10 finishes, hasn't quite broken through there. Um, this this really could be his year because he's won uh, two of the last three starts um, that, he, he, that he has had on tour. And, you know, why not make it three out of four? Why <laughs> not make it 75%, <laughs> you know? Um, That's why he's thinking. He, he is. He is. I mean, he's been – He's been on fire. You know, a lot of people, you know, I find it interesting. We've, we've kind of both gone, you know, with underdogs in this tournament. A lot of people are sort of pointing their finger to Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland won last year. He's a 2018 champ of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama won in 2017, won in 2016. Back-to-back champion. Oh, wow. Um, Brooks Kepka won in 2015. Kepka won't be here, like I said, and – Good old Kevin Kisner won in 2014. So this golf course fits players who have who who really you know drive the ball well. I mean, uh, Matsuyama and Woodland, they're, they're solid drivers of the golf ball. They can they can really hit it out there. Um, but it also it also rewards players like like Matt Kuchar, who I mean Kuchar can really hit it, but he's not the, a big time power player. But he has a very solid iron game and, and, and this golf course really is one that, that can, that can be um, favorable for, for any type of player, um, you know, any type of the aspect of their game is on, um, you know, as, as long as they're putting well, they can win no matter if they're, they're a good driver of the golf ball or mm-hmm. a good iron player, they can make it happen. Well, well, like you said, you mentioned Kevin Kisner won, so pretty much anybody can win this tournament. Any style of play, because Kevin Kisner, what, drives at like 270? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It, and then, so you can get the short, accurate hitter, you can get the long, like a little less accurate hitter, really, to, to win this event. Um, it's it's going to be it's gonna be a jam-packed leaderboard, I believe, and we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of fun, excitement, exciting action coming down Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so exactly. So and, and Justin, I believe we're going to be able be able to uh, get the chance to watch it together yeah, this weekend. Yeah. So that'll be fantastic to uh, to experience the. You know, hopefully we get a, a very jam packed leaderboard coming down the stretch on Sunday. Yeah, watch it be Taylor Gooch and Matt Kuchar in a playoff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would call for an immediate podcast episode <laughs> four right after that. If that, yeah, that, that would be awesome. That'd be hilarious. 
Well, uh, that's my pick. Gooch is my pick, and 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 Cooch is also a good pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gooch and Cooch. Why, why don't you pair them together? There'll be a lot of ooches. <laughs> that's all there'll be. They'll just be Gooch and Cooch. Gooch, Cooch. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's hope uh, for that to happen. That'd be that'd be awesome. That would that would really be epic. Um, so yeah, you know, everyone just make sure to tune in. Make sure to tune in this weekend. You know, even starting starting on Thursday and Friday, you know, a lot of schools here in Fort Wayne. Uh, most likely will not have school Thursday as well. So it's a good time. You know, you're at home, not a whole lot to do. Tune in on the Golf Channel in the afternoon and uh, really watch, you know, well, be, able to, you, be able to watch the, the players on tour and uh, learn from them and, and learn, you know, sort of how they navigate a golf course like TPC Scottsdale and uh, sort of learn to appreciate how great of a golf course TPC Scottsdale is because it, it's playable for, for anyone. Like, like you know, Justin and I have said, um, any style of game can win there. And, and that's what makes it a really special place. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful golf course. Never played it in person, seen it on TV, played it on my video game that I have with it. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones I can play on the game and one of my favorite ones to watch. So, yeah, it's going to be one of the most exciting tournaments to watch all year, I'd say. Uh, it's not a really jam-packed field, but at the same time, it is. There's so many great golfers nowadays. So, uh, tune in if you can. Uh, you're bound to see something crazy happen. Right, yeah, you are. I mean, one, the one year Phil Mickelson almost shot 59. I mean, there's <laughs> always an interesting storyline that comes from this event. Yeah, yeah, and who knows? You might see a hole in one from the from the champion coming up uh, on 16, or an eagle, or an albatross on 15, or. Or a hole in one on seventeen. Or a hole, you know, hole one on seventeen. You know, going back to, to our, you know, going through the last last four holes, how crucial they are. Seventeen is a drivable, drivable par four, and then you're met with eighteen, which is a very demanding um, par four as well. Um, And and it's it's a hole where Tiger, back in 1999, hit a 326 yard driver over the left hand bunker, over the pond, over the left hand bunker. 326 yard carry with 1999 golf clubs that is an impressive feat. that that would be probably in total not a carry but a 400 yard drive today with the equal definitely commitment. no doubt probably 350 360 carry 400 total no doubt i mean that is a massive ball mm-hmm. and that shows the speed the tiger had in 99 yeah i don't know did they even detect it back then no, I, you know, well, you know, Justin, they probably did, but I don't, I mean, they didn't have the technology that, that tracked the ball and they could probably track speeds, uh, sorry, swing speed, I would think, but, but, uh, no, I, I, I don't believe they had the technology to be able to track the ball. Okay. Well, yeah, well, this will be interesting to see if anybody else tries to bomb it over that corner. I, didn't they change it up a little bit to make it a little harder? Yeah. You know, may, maybe, maybe, you know, the, they, I know, I know one thing that they've done on the left-hand bunker is they've kind of created some church pews, kind of like an oak. Yeah, bar. that's what I thought. Um, but, but that's about it. I think, I think obviously it's probably been lengthened a little bit. Most golf courses since then have been lengthened um, just a touch. But, but uh, no, I don't. There's, there's not really been any major changes to the, to that hole. Okay. Well, yeah, it's going to be a very fun finishing stretch of holes, especially with 18 at the end. Each hole has water very much in play um and water with millions of dollars on the line is scary with uh with just a golf ball and a golf club (laughs) Um, definitely so it's it's gonna be fun to watch and um just tune in if you can and um 
I mean, you want to talk about uh, our our little match we had we've had? Yeah, let, let's week. let's go into to our our golf experiences here of this last week, which had been actually very interesting. Um, Justin and I have have sort of created a, a competition to to keep our uh, our game sharp over the winter. You know, in in addition to the individual practice that we do, um, creating a little competition among our among our friends to. Uh, to create, you know, create that, that competitive environment and keep that competitive mind, you know, in tune. Um, and so, so what we do is we're going to meet or what we're going to do and what we have been doing is we're going to meet once a week. It's going to be a weekly, weekly match. And we have two teams. Our team is uh, team Nam and it's uh, Carson, myself, Justin and um, Nathan Lassus. And then we play a team called Team Players, and that is full of uh, Cam, Kate, and uh, Joey. And Eric potentially. And Eric potentially um, has, uh, you know, has potentially been, uh, been, you know, one of their subs. You know, can sub in and out possibly mm-hmm. for maybe, this. Maybe Keenan will get 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 in there too at some point. Keenan. Keenan definitely. So it's kind of, kind of Justin and I and uh, and Nathan kind of, kind of taking on the world. Yeah, because we three of them. We get three of them, or two of them, and then two of us, or three of us, and um, and it, it makes for some really good matches. Both matches we've had so far have have been real, real close. Really, um, the first one, uh, team players actually took uh, us team Nam down in a playoff. Uh, mm-hmm. They they got some some interesting interesting breaks down the stretch, uh, and and they took us down. Um, uh, they got they got a bank shot on the very last hole off a statue behind the green to cut to cut his feet. So that was that was that was a very very nice break, and they took us down. Um, so we give them credit for that. And then we we got our little rematch last week, and uh, we took care of that. We, so seriously, we we came up big last week. That we won our first match at uh, at the Akron Golf Course on the simulator six and five, and we won our, our final match. Actually, ended up being very close at uh, at Lone Wolf uh, Golf Club that. I know Justin enjoyed a whole, a whole lot. Yeah, um, and we won that won that match one up. So it was a, a big uh, big win that weekend. We we're doing a best of three. Um, big big for us to get the uh, get it all tied up at one one. Um, so Justin, would you like to tell the uh, the, the listeners about the uh, the trophy that we play for? Yeah, so we play for the Mark Winters Trophy. It's a guy hitting a golf ball. Um, just a just a random trophy from Orchard Ridge. It, it's pretty fitting for our event. And then each time a team wins, they they get a little flag and they put their flag on the trophy. And then eventually we will have the trophy just covered in flags. And then we we can see, I guess, the overall series record between Team Nam and Team Players. So it's a it's a pretty fun little event we have going. And and then the team that wins gets to take the trophy home and decorate it however they please until the next event. They bring it back and then then uh, the other team tries to take it from them and then they try to retain the trophy. So it's a very fun uh, event we have going. We've only done two times so far and in the future podcast, you'll hear all about the, the future matches we will have. Exactly. And we'll be able to you know dive into a little bit more detail when we, you know, we get further into the competition because, uh, you know, especially when, when we take these matches outside, you know, that's when the real excitement's going to happen. You know, the, the big momentum swings on the, on the you know the crucial par fives you know at Chestnut Hill and the crucial par threes that's when that's when it gets really exciting in, in a team competition like this so a good way for us to to keep our game sharp over the winter in that competitive environment 
as well as, you know, continue a, a fun, friendly competition, you know, throughout the, the spring and summer. Yeah, yeah, and um, outside it's definitely going to be a little more interesting. But, hey, inside the simulator, you can pick any course you want. So both, both, right. both are very fun experiences. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to keep continuing them and, and hopefully getting some, some more flags for Team Nam. That's right. That's right. And if, if any of our listeners, you know, would like to message us and uh, comment, you know, about anything we have said so far in this uh, in this podcast or anything that we say for the, the short amount of time that we're that we're going to talk, you know, from this point on, um, feel free to message us. Let us know your thoughts and uh, questions and, and we'll take them, try to, you know, put them into play in the next uh, next podcast. Um, and we'll definitely definitely try to, to, to reach out to all of you and, uh, and, and get all those, uh, all those messages in, into play. So, so Justin, I just wanted to conclude here on two sort of interesting topics um, that I think would be a solid, you know, a really solid aspect of, you know, the podcast every week. It, it would leave the viewer with something or the listener with something um, to, to take away from and to sort of think about. You know, maybe expand their knowledge of in the game of golf a little bit more, you know, instead of just, you know, in the in the U.S. all the time or just in a particular area, in a particular golf golf course with a fixed mindset. Yeah. yeah. What do you say, Justin? No, I I said just like so they have more knowledge rather than just playing the same golf course every day. So you get to get to experience maybe with your imaginations what some other holes across across the world look like. Exactly. So the first, first one I want, I want to touch on is the, the golf club of the week. So the golf club of the week that Justin and I have chosen, actually, we saw it on Instagram today. You know, we hadn't, hadn't had this uh, part of the podcast completely planned out yet until we saw this on Instagram. And this golf club is Naraya Golf Club in Marrakesh, Morocco. This golf course it's very, very unique. has some very interesting holes, some very interesting backdrops. Um, but one hole in particular caught our eye. And Justin, I mean, what, would you just call this a rectangular hole? Or does everything just look rectangular on this to you? Yeah, I would just call it crazy? rectangle. <laughs> a rectangle, <laughs> like the fairway's rectangle. And then as you come down towards the green, you have a big rectangle pond just right in the middle of the fairway. It's like it's basically the fairway runs up to the green. But then you got probably, I don't know, 40 yards of just rectangle pond, maybe even more. And then, then you have a rectangle green right on the other <laughs> side of it. So it's, it's a big rectangle hole. It looks like there might be a little false front. So if you come up short, they could spin off the rectangle green into the rectangle pond. It looks like a hole I definitely want to play. It'll be a little more uh, – it'll be different visually uh, hitting an approach shot in there most definitely. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a hilarious and cool-looking hole that I've never seen one like it before. So yeah, if, you know, if any of you want to, any of our listeners want to go on a golf adventure, we uh, we recommend you to to go to uh, Marrakesh, Morocco. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah you play the rectangle hole. Play the rectangle hole. You know, Justin, we can add that to our list of uh, of must play golf courses. Yeah, oh, uh, maybe it's on your on, on your simulator. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we could go searching for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we should. We will for the next match. See if it's on there. That's right. That's right. So to conclude here on a, on a note, you know, that can leave everyone, you know, in sort of deep thought and, and to help, you know, a, a thought that can help improve everyone's game. 
we're going to leave everyone with the golf quote of the week. And that is comes from a great golfer, arguably, you know, one of the top golfers of all time, Sam Snead. He said, of all the hazards, fear is the worst. Justin, what's your interpretation of that? Well, that's exactly right. Because if you look at, for instance, a hole like 17 at the players, um, that hole is really not that tough of a hole. It's just that there's water all around the hole. So if you come up to a 130-yard par three, you're like, man, I'm going to stick this in, like, in the hole and, like, and make, get a hole in water or make a birdie. Um, but, but then you see the water, and, and then it makes you second-guess yourself, and then that fear comes in. And uh, then you can – I mean, you see people shank it on that hole <laughs> into the water. Right, right. And that, that's, that's fear. And um, it is, there's going to be hazards all over a golf course, uh, all over different golf courses. And um, – but fear is definitely definitely the one thing that will make you hit it into the hazard. If, if you have confidence you're going to hit it down the middle of the fairway, you're probably going to hit it down the middle of the fairway. If you're fearing you're going to hit it towards the hazard, you'll probably hit it in the hazard. So, so That is so true. Yeah. You know, Justin, I think that's a quote that everyone should use sort of as their playing motto this year on the golf course. Um, because I, if, you, if you really understand – how powerful fear is and how, how much it can just absolutely take over and control your game. That's when you'll realize to take action, to worry about your breathing and to let the fear go away and play the hole. Because really the, the hole, the hole's right there. It's right there in front of you to play. The, the, the good shots are out there in front of you, not the bad shots. Those are off to the side of the hole or in the, you know, in that, in the hazards and different areas like that but there's always a shot that is there for you to play. And the, the key is seeing that shot and eliminating all the bazillion other, you know, bad scenarios that are possible. Um, I just think it, I just think it's an overall great quote. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, very good quote. Um, that, that quote appears for pretty much everything. And then golf is just a very good sport to symbolize everything. So, so very true. So, golf, golf can symbolize life. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great quote from one of the greatest golfers ever. Uh, no surprise there. So um, that one of the greatest golfers ever would have a quote like that. So yeah, hopefully that can leave the listeners with something to, something to think about when you, when you uh, have a pond in front of the next hole you're hitting to um, hit it to the hole. Don't worry about the pond. Don't think about the pond at all. Like it's there, but, but the hole's right there too. I just hit, hit it next to the hole. It's, it's that simple. Right. And, and you know, Justin, I suggest to, to all the listeners out there to, to create a notebook of these quotes and, and some of the different, you know, tips and, and advice that we give and create a notebook and, and see, you know, what applies to your game. You know, what can you use, you know, coming into this next season, you know, whether you're, you're a hack and you're just out there playing, you know, a couple, you know, once a month, or, you know, or if you're, you're a serious tournament player and, and constantly playing in tournaments, everyone can benefit from, uh, you know, a quote like that. And, and it can really shave shots off, off anybody's game. So uh, we, we hope that you'll, you know, take that to heart and, um, and really, you know, really seek to, to improve your game, you know, starting with the mental game. Yeah. Mental game is 99% of golf. Um, mental is much more important than physical unless, unless you hit it 180 yards off the tee. But even if you do that, you can still beat someone that hits it 400 yards off the tee if you have a much stronger mind than them. So right. that mental is where it's at. Um, and we'll keep giving you guys good quotes uh, to, to help strengthen both 
you guys' and our mental game on the golf course. And we'll, exactly. we'll grow together as a podcast community with a, with a mental game. And um, in our future podcasts, um, I'm sure me and, me and Carson will have many uh, many examples of fear on golf course and tournaments that we can discuss and how, how we executed very well or or how we could have done better because we thought of something – something negative coming up to a shot. So, uh, we got, well, I'm sure we'll have very, very fun topics to discuss there. Definitely. You know, we hope to really get in depth, um, and to, to share our experiences on the golf course with you all, because really that's, that's the way where that's how, you know, we can all grow as players or in the community of golf. And really, even if, if you're not interested in the game of golf, you can grow by learning about the, the, the different experiences, um, you know, that, that competitive golfers feel in competition. You can apply that to life, and that's that's a really special thing about the game of golf. Um, so, Justin, and I just really hope that that all of you stay safe here over the next few days. Like it, like we said, the weather is brutal. Uh, record, you know, cold temperatures. Everything is a sheet of ice here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, uh, you know, stay safe. Definitely don't go outside and play golf if you're uh, listening from Indiana. <laughs> it's not the time to be doing that. Of course, I guess you could try. You could do some putting maybe. Right, Justin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Daredevils will give it a run out there, try and walk 18. but, uh, but uh, <laughs> Or 36. You, yeah, or 30 or just all day, you know. But if you don't consider yourself a Daredevil and you don't like negative 30-degree weather, then just stay inside. Totally. <laughs> just, just, just stay inside and – and rough it out and just, just wait for wait for the nice spring and summer weather to, to yeah, come for it'd be much more golf. much more enjoyable in the spring, summer and fall. Exactly. All right, everyone. We'll be back with you next week for the fourth episode of the Carson and Justin golf podcast. We'll have a lot to discuss, including the uh the results at the uh Waste Management Phoenix Open. So we can't wait to be back with you. Once again, we want to thank everyone for tuning in and, and, and listening to our podcast. Um, we really have, appreciate all the support. Um, and like we said, submit questions, submit your thoughts, and we'll make sure to, uh, to get back with you and, and incorporate all of your thoughts into our, uh, into our podcast to make it, a, like Justin said, a complete podcast community. So thanks again, everyone, for uh, listening, and we will be back with you next week for Episode 4. Thank you, everybody. Stay warm.